Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Restrictions apply. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. The two-strike pitch. Here comes Ramirez. Throw to the plate. High. Head first slide out at the plate. Jose waves to the dugout. Says challenge it. How about that? Jose Ramirez trying to steal home plate. He says he got the hand in before the tag of Perez. And here comes acting manager DeMarlo Hale. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. Two hours down, one hour to go. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon. This afternoon it has been an easy Friday show. Getting you ready for the weekend. So, know a lot of people are going to be celebrating the July 4th holiday this weekend, even though it's technically next Tuesday. But still, a lot of fun to be had. And is a hot one out there, so be sure to be safe and stay hydrated this weekend. People going to the lake, going to the beach, going to people's houses and having a good time. It's going to be a celebration, and I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. But there's a lot of things also going on in the sports world here in the state of Arkansas, and it is Friday, so it only makes sense because we got to welcome in our guy that joins us each and every Friday, kind enough to do it, Steve Sullivan of KATV, joining us now on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. And Steve, as always, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? Hey, we've entered that time of the year where you have to be creative. I see you getting creative today. Earlier this week, we put the question to Coach D, since we've had a couple of freshmen go in the first round of the NBA draft. Who were the best freshmen in Razorback history, and where do you think Anthony Black fell on Coach's Ooh. list? Ooh, that is a great question. Best freshman, and without a doubt, the best freshman was Scotty Thurman. Yeah, let's say. Anthony Black, and, and it's a top five? He was number eight in the list. Okay, so top ten. Okay, that's, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a, It was fun for him to put together that list. We've had some really good freshmen. When you look back, guys that have, you know, Day and Mayberry didn't put up huge numbers, but they won an SEC championship, you know, in their freshman year. Yeah, that that uh, that definitely helps uh, having that, and because I was trying to think if I remember, uh, you know, Joe Johnson was a really good freshman, even though he only played for, uh, I guess, uh, half the year, came late in the semester, yeah. and then uh, also people forget sometimes Ronnie Brewer was this should have probably I think he should have been SEC Freshman of the Year. Uh, Brandon Bass ended up winning it, but he led all freshmen in all stats except for scoring. But he had a really yeah, great he- freshman year. And another guy who played a half the year, Corliss had a good year. You know, yeah. when when he played. He was very good when he played, but he didn't play the entire year. And that was part of the reason Scotty did so well. We didn't think, hey, he was going to carry a team, but he did. I remember that game at Missouri where he scored 35, 37. He had some crazy game, and we beat Missouri and Columbia. So what what was that uh, the breakdown? If uh, you, you may not have it in front of you, but if you can remember some of the ones starting at the top in that top ten of – Freshman season. Well, I think he had uh, Thurman, Day, Mayberry. He had Portis in the top five. He had to name uh, one Musk guy in the top five, and he went for Moses at number five. And you know, people forget Moses didn't you know didn't really <laughs> do a lot in the tourney, but he carried the Hogs for a lot of that year. Put up a lot of minutes, averaged like seventeen points, 
16, 17 points, about seven rebounds a game. And I think that's why we were counting on so much from him in the postseason. Yeah, because uh, you know I think he was the most consistent uh, of them all too that year, and yeah. led him in scoring and and everything. Because yeah, it made me look up some numbers too. Because you got me thinking, Celia. You know, Bobby Portis, he had he averaged about twelve and seven his freshman year, and uh, in that season, so that was pretty good. But also, even a, a Daniel Gafford, he averaged twelve and six and a half. That uh, his yeah, freshman he had year. Gafford in his- he had Gafford in his top five too, yeah. you know, and um, it it gets you to look at the numbers and look back. And you know who had really good numbers as a freshman was Kareem Reed. He feared no one, so he came in there and you know he had a high turnover rate, but he had high assist and he averaged like twelve or thirteen points a game. Where did Corliss fall on the list? Uh, Corliss felt number I think number ten, even though he put up good numbers during his time, but he didn't play the entire year. I kind of jabbed him about not having Corliss in the top ten, but then he he quickly he quickly recovered. Coach Z is quick on his feet. Said that he wanted to point out to Corliss that he's number one ahead of Sidney Moncrief in his overall. Right, he did begin his freshman season with an injury, so he he missed yeah. a bit at the beginning. Yeah, he only started seven or eight games, but if you look at the games in conference, and he scored over twenty points like six or seven times. He was a force when he played. It's hard to keep him out of the top ten. But it was fun just looking back at the numbers that these different guys put up and guys you may have thought put up bigger numbers than they actually did. Like I thought, you know, Pat Bradley was one that, you know, I thought of him and Reed on that team, but it was more of a combined effort on scoring. And Pat had decent numbers, but not just out-of-this-world numbers for freshmen. Yeah, that's that's again. That's you got my uh, mind kind of racing here too, because I, I was talking with some uh, buddies of mine, Sully, and I'm gonna be curious to see if maybe uh, you have an answer to this uh, this trivia question, if you will. But over the past 20 years, you know, Arkansas has only had three players that played a full season that actually averaged over 18 points a game that season they played. Do you know those three players for Arkansas that have done that? Three players averaged eight, over 18 points a game. Right, that played uh, the full season. And where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going back to? Well, how far are we going back? We'll say uh, just twenty or two thousand and two or two thousand three. We'll say twenty years, two thousand three. Two thousand three. Um, so we're we're beyond Todd Day. Um, let me think on the guys. Two thousand three. Um, we've had uh, uh, got to be Portis has got to be one of them. Yeah, well, if you're uh, yeah, if you're going back uh, the whole time, Portis is actually at seventeen and a half. So he just fell under the uh, under the seventeen and a, seventeen and a half. How about Daryl Macon? What do you have? Daryl Macon also was uh, not in the eighteen point range. Is uh, his best season the twenty seventeen twenty eighteen year? He was at sixteen point eight, and Barford was seventeen point nine that year. So he was just under yeah. eighteen points. So both of them there yeah, we just kind of, we kind of underestimate those two. Um, then we got, uh, uh, I don't know what, uh, under the Muss era here, Mason Jones. Mason Jones is one of them. He had 22 points per game, which is incredible yeah. when you think about that. Yeah. And uh, I don't think, uh, Note was consistent, but I don't think he had that high enough. What Note? Actually, Note was the guy who did. He was 18.3 points a game. So you got two yeah, of them. Yeah. Yeah, Muss is a good guy when you're hot. <laughs> he feeds you the ball. <laughs> that's another yeah. thing. That's another, that's another recruiting thing. Just ask Mason Jones and Note. The third guy, third guy is, uh, what about, uh, I don't know, Dusty Hannis? I don't know what he has. No, no, it wasn't Dusty. I'll go ahead and give they, it to you. They spread the ball around quite a bit there. Yeah, on that team. yeah. Yeah, it was actually Ronnie Brewer. His final year, he averaged 18.4 points a yeah, game, he, which is so crazy. You know, He's not a scorer, but yeah, he had a great average. Yeah, you don't think of him as a, as a prolific scorer. And that's great with history when you throw a number like that to remind us, especially since he's such a great guy and he's on staff. That you remind everybody how good he was. Yeah, He, he act- was an elite, de- elite defender, too. Yeah, he averaged 18.4 points a game. He averaged five rebounds a game, three and a half assists, two and a half steals, and uh, also shot 45% from the field, 34% from three, and 75% from the free throw line. So, yeah, he, he, yeah. he was a really good offensive player that final year as far as the numbers go. And he's one that falls through the cracks when you talk about great Razorbacks, too. And I think, you know, you remind them, people those numbers. And i tell you what, such a great resource is hogstats.com. I mean, our man, Justin Glore, does an incredible job. 
you can find out. Just plug a name and you can get all their stats, which has uh, been a, a tremendous resource for me anyway here at Channel 7. So what were those names and, and the averages attached to them? John? For what? Yeah. For uh, as far as the players go? Yeah, yeah Ronnie had 18.4 points a game, as we mentioned. And then you throw in yeah. uh, Mason Jones. Uh, I guess they, it will count as a full season, even though the pandemic hit, but they got a full regular season. He had 22 points per game, which was mm-hmm. uh, absolutely outstanding for uh, the yeah. performance that he had. And then uh, J.D. Note, who was the other player, had 18.3 points per game. Moses Moody, yeah. where, where was he? Moses Moody in 2021, he is averaging 16.8 points per he game. He was close. So he was, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of them that were right there on the cusp, but that's why I was like, 18 feels like that's a... That's another level type of uh, performance there. So, yeah. Was- hey, do you know? Do you know what's one of the most debated summer questions I've had over the years is um, best quarterback, Razorback quarterback of all time. And you, you can go a lot of ways here. I mean, Ryan Mallett just passed; he's in the conversation. Uh, but you know, then you throw you throw someone like Quinn Grovey in there, who went back to back conference titles and was a better passer back end of his career than you give him credit for. But if you look at those those quarterbacks, and you know you throw Sterner in there, Matt Jones. I mean, it, it, it's tough to kind of you know stack them up one through five or six. It almost depends on what type of quarterback do you like. Do you like a guy that yes. can run and throw, and you know that combo quarterback, or do you like the pure pocket passer a guy that's going to throw the ball deep and put up a lot of yards in the air, or a guy that wins like Grovey. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the weapons around him, but he was kind of the straw that stirred the drink on that team. You know, they had a lot of talent, but he was the guy. So it's a, it's a, it's a tough debate when you get into it. And, you know, and we had such a, uh, you know, if you look at the quarterbacks, and Mallet's part of it, uh, such a unique group of quarterbacks. Mallet with the huge guy with the big arm. Matt Jones, the huge guy with the freakish speed. And then you got Grovey, the um, pure option quarterback, the little guy. I mean, you know, you got Sterner, who's the gunslinger from Texas, and you, got, you just you just got a great group of um, of quarterbacks who are, who are totally unique in the way they approach the game. And that's why, you know, speaking about Ryan, and and of course, you know, you mentioned his passing earlier. Uh, the reason that again, it's everybody's own opinion. Uh, I've always, even before this week, have always said Mallet to me was was the best quarterback of all time, and maybe it's just because of what era I grew up in and everything, but. Uh, you know, the thing about Ryan is it's just like all it was was his arm and his decision making. Like that, that's what it was. You know, he didn't have the the speed to go along with it, or he didn't have a uh, a system necessarily that was you know. Oh well, he he just had uh, some sort of gift that he was able to improvise. You know, it, it was like you know just, my favorite. Go ahead. You know my favorite thing about Mallet was what's that? His swagger. Oh man, he had plenty of that. <laughs> he had plenty of that. <laughs> I mean, did anybody carry himself like uh, he knew he was good? And, you know, and I think that added a, you know, when you have that kind of belief in yourself, I think it, you know, it, it, it goes to your teammates, too. And I always felt, you know, uh, Mallet didn't hit that field thinking he wasn't the best guy every time he played. And, uh, you know, and he's the type of guy, I, I remember down, I was down at Whitehall uh, doing something with him, and he, he threw a pass behind his back like 40 yards to one of the kids. And I wasn't rolling, so I said, hey, could you do that again? He took the ball and did the same thing. <laughs> Uh, a few guys you know, have that kind of confidence and arm talent to do that kind of thing, but that was Ryan Mallett, and uh, that swagger—that's what I'm going to remember about him. Just an incredible swagger, like no other race back quarterback. As far as the swagger, too. Sterner's the number two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, both of them, and and they even kind of sound alike at times. If you hear the two of them talking, um, we were playing a clip one time when Sterner was actually in studio. And it was a clip of Ryan Mallett, and it was in the distance. And Sterner heard the clip. He could just hear the voice. And he's like, is that me talking? And, you know, we laughed about it. We're like, no, that's Mallett. But you can kind of hear the similarities in their voices. What a great point right there. They they were a lot alike. And they they got along great because, you know, um, I think Sterner um, saw a lot of himself in Mallett and the thing he pointed about, pointed out Mallet, and Kevin Scanlon was good about this. Kevin Scanlon went to a Petrino practice, and he said he thought, you know, Mallet wouldn't even know who he was or anything. And he said Mallet rushed over to him and congratulated him on his career, and and Mallet appreciated history, and he did the same thing with Sterner. 
And, you know, the sad thing, you know, the, you know, the sad thing is, you know, we're saying all these things we didn't know about him and he can't hear or doesn't, you know, know it just, that's the whole thing about this, that you hate sharing all these things, you know, when he wasn't here, you know, and that, but that's a great point about him and Sterner. And they, they were obviously built alike. And Clint had a, a great post on, uh, uh, on Twitter about uh, Ryan. Well, and the thing, too, is just remembering uh, all those moments in, in the two years that he was at Arkansas. It's, it seemed like it's such a, a short period of time, but uh, the impact that he was able to have and, and the type of performances that he poured in. And, you know, you're mentioning, uh, you know, hearing these things, and, and you can't hear them now, but the thing is, is there was one thing about Ryan that he, he loved Arkansas and he felt the love from Arkansas, and that's why he came back here. That's why he grew up a fan, and uh, he always talked about the fans being some of the best in the in the country and, and everything so uh it was just always a really cool thing just to know that you know he's football wise he was it was his life man he loved playing he loved coaching it but uh he also uh, loved it in arkansas and loved the fans and all the love that he got each and every day yeah i think the football field turned out to be his happy place you know and he was uh you know one of my uh more fun moments was uh after he finished playing and he was in a football camp and it was him and Jarius Wright. And it was just great to see teammates. You know, it had been years ago, but, you know, Ryan was still his guy. And that was great to see. And, um, you know, that, that uh, you know, in Whitehall, I had real questions, you know, as a head coach, if he was mature enough to really take on that responsibility of coaching Whitehall. And I was so thrilled that, you know, he made it through the first year, and that's the toughest year, and was headed into his second year and was doing well, and the kids loved him. Uh, uh, I was just just so happy when I saw he was doing well at Whitehall, and um, it's because it's not easy to coach a high school team. But uh, just a lot of good memories. Been a, been a you know you look back and you, you too you, you know you you get you, you look back at all his tape and you see the touch throw, you see the you know the we didn't come to paint throw to Joe Adams, the throw in the corner of the end zone to Adams at the Sugar Bowl. It just he wasn't just a guy with a big arm. And you also see that he threw to a lot of wide open wide receivers because Petrino schemed so well, <laughs> and they had such freakish guys at the wideout spot. That was the thing about Coach Petrino and Mallet. It was like the talent matched the system and what Coach Petrino wanted to do. He made plenty of quarterbacks look better than they were, but he didn't have to make Ryan Mallet look better because he already had the talent. Yeah, and you know, the great thing about Mallet, and, and John mentioned this too about his mind, uh, you know, you would have thought, I think Kevin Scanlon was saying to me, he would have thought that Tyler Wilson would have been much better in the Petrino system than Ryan Mallet. But, you know, Coach Petrino told him it was actually Mallet was a step ahead of Wilson because of his knowledge of the game. And, and that's something, you know, we kind of forget about him because we think of the big arm before the you know the fact that he was football savvy and, and read defense as well and that was a that was the thing i think that made the connection between him and uh petrino so strong not only could could he make the throws but he understood the game yeah because i was uh you know i was at the u of a during that time and i talked to guys like travis swanson and uh he's even told me he's been around he's in the nfl he's been around some high quality quarterbacks he says but the smartest football player football-wise, that he's ever been around was Ryan Mallett. He said that he just, he knew where everyone was supposed to be. He knew what would work, what wouldn't work. And uh, I always kind of laugh about it. I was like, if you ever wanted to know how much of a connection there was, Petrino, that guy yelled at everybody. He yelled at every one of his quarterbacks. <laughs> he tore them apart. But for whatever reason, you can never find film of him yelling at Ryan Mallett. It's almost like they both knew. They were both on the same page. If mistakes were made, mistakes were made. But it seemed like he was always uh, understanding that Hey, uh, Ryan knows what he's supposed to do. In fact, he knows it just as good as anybody. You, you talk about Petrino yelling at everybody. You got to see very little practice under him. You get to see, like, the special teams moments, right? And those are usually benign, and they just go through punting. I saw him just let into the punter. <laughs> <laughs> and, our punter and our punter was really good. And he got, he got into him, and, uh, you know, he could string together words so beautifully. That I, don't know, I don't know how he did it, but, but it must have been practice. Yeah. And he let him, in. and I remember Zach Cocker wasn't. He wasn't. He was the kicker. He wasn't. But he came over and he was almost laughing under his because <laughs> they've been there, done that. But uh, I think when you get a coach like that, you almost get numb to the words after a while. But uh, when you when you don't experience it much, like me, it was like whoa, 
This was a punter at the beginning. It was a big week. It was Alabama week, so I think Bobby was tensed up for every 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 punt and every extra point during practice. Yeah, because I think uh, for a rite of passage, you had to get yelled at by Petrino. It seemed like that was the that was the case that they had to do. But you, you mentioned that. Uh, what was funny is just knowing how you know how he treated everybody and everything. We had uh, Roger Green on, a former teammate of, of Ryan's, earlier this week, and he was telling a story. I guess it was in South Carolina on the road. But he said that uh, Ryan, as they break the huddle, he tells him to to run out on a flat, and he goes, "Man, he's like, I'm, he's like, no, I'm pass protection." He's like, "No, no, no, just run out on a flat. Tell me you're going to be wide open. I, pr- I promise you." And then Project says, "Man, Petrino don't play. You know what's going to happen if he finds out I went across, like went off script here?" And he's like, "Man, just trust me." <laughs> and then end up being a big gain. So just stuff like that kind of is always funny to hear from the behind the scenes of just how intense it was, how focused it was, but how successful it was too. Yeah, and that, you know, Mallet had that confidence and belief in himself to, and the kid had that belief in him to do that, hmm. you know, and uh, Sterner has a bunch of those stories, but not that he would ignore the call. Hmm. <laughs> they had a, they had quite the relationship because uh, Clint was hard headed, and he, you know, and he, he was going to, he was going to make his calls and throw the ball downfield. And um, it's just fun revisiting, you know, and I've had a chance to visit with, you know, Quinn and um, Kevin Scanlon and what a fraternity there is with these Razorback quarterbacks and um, you know it's only you know it's quite an honor to be a Razorback quarterback we've had some great ones and how they all know each other and uh, this hurt for them too I mean to lose for Ryan like that yeah it's definitely a hurtful thing but it's great to always reminisce about the good times there's no question about it Sully but hey we appreciate you joining us have a great weekend and enjoy the uh, warm weather out there Sully we'll catch up with you next week all right, thank you guys. Try to stay cool. We'll do our best. Appreciate it. That's Steve Sullivan of KATV joining us on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Outline. More Out of Bounds coming up next on Easy Friday. Tune into The Zone Fridays for The Zone Rewind when Justin and Wes discuss their best moments, sound bites, and interviews of the week. Brought to you by Mosquito Joe. With Mosquito Joe, outside is fun again. Sports Center. On July 1st, NBA free agency begins, and we got some big news in that department yesterday. James Harden, the Philadelphia 76ers star guard, has exercised his $35.6 million option for the 2023-2024 season, clearing the way for the organization and the 10-ton All-Star to begin to work together to find a trade. This according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. The Sixers started making calls on James Harden on Thursday as it became clear they would not be declining the option and he's not entering free agency. Also in the NBA, the Sacramento Kings will be keeping veteran forward Harrison Barnes. According to Wodes, once again, Barnes has inked a three-year, $54 million contract to remain in Sacramento who just made their long way to return to the playoffs. I'm Josh Neighbors for the Buzz Radio Network. Honey, look, I just used AI to create this painting. That's great, but it can't go car shopping for us. Let's try it. Best deals on cars near me. The best deals near you are at Gordy Buick GMC next to Sam's in North Little Rock. What's it doing? Oh, no. Must terminate COVID era loans and leases. And don't wait for AI to go haywire, because it's already here. This month, Watney Buick GMC is terminating loans and leases made during the COVID era and resetting their pricing with rebates, dealer discounts, and trade assistance. Call 501-945-4444 or see GuatneyBuickGMC.com. 5700 Landers Road in North Little Rock. GMC. We are professional grade. All offers with approved credit. Get to Guadney Buick and your current loan or lease will be terminated, terminated, terminated. Guadney for Buick, Guadney for GMC, Guadney for life. Here's NASCAR Hall of Famer Mark Martin. As a race car driver for 40 years, I survived a lot of crashes. Not everyone can run into a wall at 200 miles an hour and walk away. Without a seatbelt, I wouldn't be alive today. Now I'm retired, back home in Arkansas driving my pickup. I'm shocked how many people aren't wearing seatbelts. Why risk your life when it only takes two seconds to buckle up? Take it from number six. Buckle up, Arkansas. A message from the Arkansas State Police Highway Safety Office. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but 
Nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by the Arkansas Highway Safety Office. This is Pat Bradley for River City Flooring, where you can pick your payment. Get 0% interest for 12, 24, or 36 months, and River City Flooring in Maumelle is where you'll save 50% on all in-stock waterproof LVP flooring. And did you know River City Flooring carries cabinets? So stop in and let my friends at River City Flooring help you with your remodel. Kitchen, bath, living, dining, they do it all. Check out River City Flooring in Maumelle at their huge new showroom on Maumelle Boulevard just off 430. Do you need Rainwater Holt in Sexton? Anywhere in the state, dial 8. 888-8888. It really is just that easy. If you've been injured and need help, it doesn't matter where in Arkansas you are. Just dial 8. 888-8888. We'll come to you. I'm Mike Rainwater of Rainwater Holton Sexton. We have been thankfully serving our Kansans for years, and we appreciate the trust you've put in us. We work hard for you, Arkansas, each and every day. Anywhere in the state, dial 8. Make it the event that everyone wants to attend by getting your meat for tailgates, parties, or just family get-togethers at Hogs Meat Market. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. On 1037 The Buzz. show here on out of bounds folks let me tell you though as easy as today's show is it's not as easy as getting a vehicle from guatney chevrolet because they make it easy with their deal team six that's been officially deployed for this month which hey it's about to be over so you better get on top of this because you got 7500 off silverados in stock right now with 2009 or newer trade-in as well as two thousand dollars off in stock 2023 equinoxes and those are great deals but what's the best deal rates on everything new in stock as low as 6.99%. That's everything new, and it's only at Guatney Chevrolet. So if you're looking for a new vehicle, that's the place to get it. But maybe you're feeling something used, some pre-owned, something with some miles on it, you know, to just go it. Or maybe you're trying to buy your kid a new vehicle. They just turned 16. You need them something nice, something durable, something that'll be great. Guatney Chevrolet is the place for you to get that vehicle. You can go over there right now in Jacksonville off the Gregory Street exit at 1301 TP White Drive. Or you can check them out online at GuatneyChevrolet.com. They are Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer, so go nowhere else. Guatney Chevrolet is the place with Guatney Chevrolet and GuatneyChevrolet.com. It's an easy Friday show here on Out of Bounds and uh, just going to be cruising into the weekend, which we had a few people that were tweeting at us as far as their... uh, uh, we'll say traditions or what they do on July 4th because they say uh, that they're going to be celebrating this week and this one comes from Kevin he says guys I have always been a huge fan of July 4th I always have been a huge fan of celebrating with people but the amount of people that blow up fireworks into the wee hours of morning has made me start to really hate this holiday because when I got a dog my dog would bark when I had a child my baby would cry I am sick of it. Please stop firing fireworks late into the night. So, uh, good luck. Love it, yeah, but not gonna happen. I get you, man. I, I feel you. I understand it's pretty a frustrating deal, but 
it's sadly just the way way it's going to be. It's part of the part of the holiday tradition that they have. But uh, they have minor minor firework fireworks stands that uh, go up and uh, seeing them everywhere and knowing the how many people buy them and celebrate them with them there too. Uh, it's it's a dangerous thing, but it's a it's a fun thing. And just hearing them pop and and go on and it's I think it's a family thing too. Just like as a kid. Uh, hanging out with the family and, and firing off fireworks and what were they called the little punks that you use when you you stick them out there get the or or pump pump either one is it pump or punk I don't know <laughs> I, I think I used to call them I think I was always heard it as a punk but yeah those little things I'll light it off without having to light a match or light a lighter itself those things uh, yeah those are those are always very popular too so uh, but yeah also this comes from I gotta scroll down to go find it once again. This one comes from uh, Caleb. He says, guys, enjoying the show. Love what Sully had to say about Ryan. I do have to ask, though, who is y'all's favorite quarterback to ever play at Arkansas? Not best, favorite. I like he, how he made sure that there was a difference there because I feel like there is a difference there. So Tim weighed in, and he said, Matt Jones, best hands down. And as far as favorite, have to agree, it's Matt Jones. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't put Matt Jones as the best. Which, as big of a fan as I was of Matt Jones when he played, and uh, he was my hero growing up. We're just talking about a quarterback. Uh, to me, it's still it's still Ryan. Uh, I mean, and I'm not living in the moment. I've always said that Ryan was uh, the best quarterback and my favorite quarterback to play at Arkansas. But you know, it's a little different for me too because I was at school up there, and, and you know, I get to. Witness, uh, without doubt, the most fun time of Razorback football in my lifetime during that span, and Ryan was a huge part of it. But uh, I would say he's my favorite, and I would always also say he's the best because it was it was fun watching uh, Arkansas finally have the legitimate passing threat that uh, they had yearned for for so long. Because Arkansas's history, they had so many great running backs, and they had some good quarterbacks too, and everything. But just getting to that next level. Heisman contender type of quarterback. They never really had many of those. And you know, Ryan was one of those guys that heading into the 2010 season. Uh, I don't think he was the favorite in the Heisman, but he was certainly uh, a top three, top five guy in the Heisman favorites because he was just that good. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably have to go with Ryan. But Matt Matt Jones was great. Uh, I love watching him. And, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people say Clint Sterner. Uh, people liked watching Tyler Wilson, too. And that was great to... Even Brandon Allen for one year, he had one really good year. That was fun. But K.J. Jefferson, if he has a big year this year and Arkansas has a nice season this season, I think there'll be some people, not a lot, but maybe some people that start having him creep into one of their best or uh, favorite quarterbacks just because of longevity. This will be his third year. But also in the way that he plays and the different various ways that he can beat you with his legs and with his arm. There may be some people that start coming around on KJ this year and saying that he's the best quarterback, or at least their favorite quarterback if he has a big year, too. Yeah, there could be some of that, and it's all based on who you watch. And there are some people that they haven't seen some of these other quarterbacks, and KJ is the quarterback that resonates most with them as far as the talent and who they've watched recently. So that always is a factor, who you actually watch. There are some quarterbacks that... Maybe, um, you know, some people have seen from certain times, and so they have a more extensive list of quarterbacks to choose from, but there are people that, if they're watching Razorback football right now and have over the last 10 years, 15 years or so, then that list is going to change according to who they've been watching. Uh, Deplorable guy says on our text line, says, Ryan's arm strength, which gave him the ability to bust the cover too, was amazing. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what you know he's known for with that arm strength. But he could he had the accuracy. He could get it in there. My thing with with Mallet is you know people can throw the ball far, and we've seen quarterbacks you know heave it up and everything. But I felt like if there were say if last second hail mary or whatnot, some quarterbacks would have to like almost like lean all the way back so far and heave it so high up in the air to get the distance behind it. But Ryan's was like, he looked the same in his throwing motion whenever he was throwing at five yards and when he was throwing at 50 yards because it was just so, woo, just straight, just right there where it needed to be. He didn't have to put a whole lot behind it because it was just so natural to him when it came to his arm strength. So, uh, Also from the 901 says, 
Bill Montgomery is my greatest quarter arc at Arkansas. All he did was win. Or Joe Ferguson, who had to be into the mix. Yeah, I think Joe Ferguson, wasn't he one of the few quarterbacks that actually was in the Heisman? I wouldn't say he was Heisman finalist, but I think he was in the running at the very end of the season, if I'm not mistaken. It was a long time ago before I was born. Maybe somebody can correct me on that. But I know he was a great quarterback that had a nice little NFL career, too, and, and played in the league for a while. So that helps. So what a lot of people remember him nationally, and the Bills had a lot of success during that time that he was the quarterback, and, of course, O.J. Simpson being in the backfield with him. Has, has Joe ever talked about his time with O.J.? I'm sure he has. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd be curious to know. I may have to go back and see if there's any articles or something like that. I'm sure there is. I just like to know what he had to say about uh, all that, because I am sure that uh, Joe got hit up a lot during the uh, mid-'90s when all that was going down, talking to him, because they were trying to talk to anybody that even played or knew O.J. at the time. Also, Asher Record Life fan feedback. Uh, Johnny Walker says, uh, talking about drinking, he's like, if anything, we need to serve the strongest drinks at the stadium bar so that way we get people to drink and pass out where they're physically unable to drive. It's called a win-win. Okay, in principle, (laughs) okay. But I don't know if the U of A just wants a bunch of people just blacking out right there in in the stadium looking like Jonestown up there at the sports bar. I don't think anyone wants that. Well, if they keep the stadium open longer, then have at it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it'll be people that'll stay and, and hang around. Because and, that'll be another funny thing, too, is how long does that thing stay open past the game? I like how it's covered. So that way, if it's... And that's also, I think, one of the... I won't say it's one of the greatest parts about it, but there's no other place other than a suite that's really covered from the sun or from rain. So that's a driving force behind maybe people wanting to go to Big Reds is just being under shade and not having to get sunburnt and not having to get rained on, depending on what weather you're not really a big fan of. Very few places that will actually be covered in the stadium. So there's something you can hold your hat on, too. Uh, let's see. Also, there's another uh, storyline that I was going to bring. Oh, yeah, so uh, Mookie Betts is also going to be uh, part of the All-Star Home Run Derby. So that was one nice. of the big names that were going to be in there, too. Uh, happening in uh, Seattle at T-Mobile Park. He's uh, Julio Rodriguez and Vladimir Guerrero in the eight-man competition. Those are the three big names that are going to be there. Julio Rodriguez right away, and you always have somebody to represent the home team there, and so that was a big get that the Mariners are hosting, and he plays for the Mariners. Yeah. How Has, has the Mariners or Seattle ever hosted an All-Star game? Uh Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just curious because I've, you know, I knew it was going to be in Seattle, but I didn't really, I guess, realize it was going to be this year, but it's just not a place that you normally would think would have a lot of all-star games, but I didn't know if that was maybe the first time. They like to move one. it around. Yeah. Which is great. I, I think that's good for the sport and good for the fans there that can enjoy it and everything. So uh, I, I like the fact that it moves around. And it's not just about, okay, who has the newest, nicest stadium that we can be in? It's like, no, go go to places that... Uh, you know, because fans are going to show up. Because if you're a Seattle Mariners fan, it's like are you not, you're 100 percent going to show up to uh, the All Star game there. If it's coming to your town, and you're going to see all those great players there. There, yeah, you're going to show up and do it. Uh, and also, the Dodgers have never had a Derby winner. I was actually surprised to see that in the home run derby. The Dodgers have never had one. Jock Peterson reached the final round in 2015, but ended up losing to Todd Frazier. So Mookie could be the first Dodger to ever win the. Uh, home run derby there in the all-star game so and uh, seattle has hosted before okay they have does it have a year or is it just uh saying that 79 looks like it was the first year okay so it's been a minute then it's been a few years it'll be great I, I'm, I'm they've, they've hosted it. since then but okay. that was the first time first time in 79 there you go all right we're up against it final segment coming up it is three and outs we'll get some headlines some storylines things we didn't get into Close up shop and get you ready for Drive Time Sports on Easy Friday Show. Stay with us. It's Justin Acre for Serta Pro Painters, and I get so excited when I get a chance to call my friends at Serta Pro and tell them I've got a new project for them. Serta Pro can help take your idea for a project and make it even better. The good thing is, you know you can get on the schedule and get that project started quickly. But it is starting to fill up fast, so you need to get on the schedule ASAP with my friends at Serta Pro. Each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. These folks live in your community and want to help you get the best paint job possible. Schedule your free estimate at SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. 
Tune in each weekday morning from 6 to 10 for Morning Mayhem with David Basil, Roger Scott, Justin Moore from the Oakland Racing Casino Resort Studios. Like Oakland Racing Casino Resort on Facebook and stay up to date with news and special promotions. RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. And Chris, you and I have been doing ads for a long time, but I didn't realize how long Southern Bank's been doing this. We're a 136-year-old bank and recognized as one of the strongest banks in the country. And Chris, with unstable times, it's always nice to know that your bank is stable. It's not only our financial strength, but it's also our employees. You'll see the same familiar faces ready to help you every day with your banking needs. If you want to see the Southern Bank difference, go to bankwithsouthern.com or call 501-424-0900. It's Southern Bank, member FDIC. Have you been outside recently and you have that pain in your back or your shoulder, maybe even in your knee? Well, why don't you get rid of it? Take your life back. Go check out my friends over at QC Kinetics today. Hey, everybody, it's RJ Hawk. You know, I had a friend call me the other day and he says you know i've got some really bad back pain and he goes i I just don't have time to to be out of work and not be able to do what i do every day and i told him i said you need to call my friends over qc kinetics so he did he went through the free consultation and the next thing you know he calls me says you know what my back is feeling amazing if you're that same guy or gal and you've got that nagging pain in your back your knees your shoulders just call qc kinetics today they use the latest advances in regenerative medicine taking your own body's healing agents and constant trading them right to where the pain is. The best part, no invasive surgery, no harmful drugs, and no downtime. Give QC Kinetics a call today for that free consultation. 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. This is Pat Bradley. Tune in every Tuesday when I join Justin and Wes in the zone. Brought to you by River City Flooring. Visit RiverCityFlooringInc.com, RiverCityFlooringInc.com. On your way to the Little Rock Airport, business travelers park fast at Expressway Airport Parking. As you park, our shuttle picks you up, and a 60-second ride later, you're at the airport. Download our app and earn rewards. Simply scan the virtual gate pass to enter and scan again to exit. No waiting, and your receipt is emailed to you. Pay less than municipal airport parking at Expressway Airport Parking, left of the airport entrance, next to the Comfort Inn. Rock out with the only American-style sushi experience founded on great food and rock and roll. Rock and roll sushi. Deliciously twisted flavors and rock and roll vibe that'll blow your mind. Check out our punk rock roll with shrimp tempura, spicy tuna, cream cheese, and seared tuna. Strawberry, avocado, jalapeno, cucumber topping, and more. Rock and roll sushi for lunch or dinner. Rockandrollsushi.com. With four locations to choose from in Benton, Conway, and two in Little Rock. Join the zone each Monday for Game Balls and Jock Straps. Brought to you by A Caddy's Touch Landscaping. Find out who made the best, average, and worst headlines in sports and entertainment each Monday as Justin Acre and Wes Moore give you their Game Balls and Jock Straps on the zone from 10 to 1. It's all brought to you by A Caddy's Touch Landscaping. 501-794-2770. Call today to get your landscape updated to a whole new level and be listening for Game Balls and Jock Straps only on 1037 The Buzz. Get only the best customer service and the best selection of meats at Hogs Meat Market, where they have sliced boar's head deli meats and cheeses. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Kane is in the building. Their time? is done. It's over. Over? Did you say over? Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. Call Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone. I play real sports. I'm trying to be the best at exercising. It's time for three and out. It's been three hours and we are boom out of here. All right, it is time for three and out. A few headlines, a few storylines, a few things that we got to dive into uh, first off, we're talking about the layoffs that continue to happen at ESPN. I wanted to bring this up because this one's uh, – all of them are sad. And you never want to see them. But uh, college game days, David Pollock has now been let go from ESPN. So a guy that's been part of college game day, Georgia linebacker. Uh, I actually like David Pollock. I, I liked watching him on game day and, and some of his analysis. But he's even been let go. So it certainly seems like today uh, – and, and his layoffs have been happening before. But today's definitely been one that's – got some of the biggest names and apparently it's not done yet but it's just a, a sad deal 
uh, for so many people there at ESPN and so many people that are really good at their job. They'll get on their feet, but it's a sad day all around. But if you're going to be watching College Game Day this upcoming year, David Pollock is not going to be part of the broadcast anymore. NHL draft took place over the past couple of days in Nashville. Wednesday night, it was the first round, and then they had rounds two through seven last night. And uh, whenever we see the draft and, and certain events take place, there are always certain festivities that go on. There's a, an interviewer on the street, and he's trying to find out how much people know about hockey. So he's interviewing someone and not realizing he's interviewing the GM of the Chicago Blackhawks. What's your name and where are you from? Uh, Kyle from Chicago. From Chicago? Yeah. You just visiting? Yeah. Have you ever been to Nashville before? Uh, a couple times, yeah. For, for a Blackhawks game? Uh, yeah. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being not a lot and 10 being a whole lot, how much would you say you know about hockey? Probably like, I didn't I didn't play professionally or anything, so probably like a 4. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so fan of the sport, I don't know. Some people say I don't know that much, so. Okay. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, um, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, Brett Seabrook, Corey Crawford, Nicholas Jalmerson, Johnny Oduya, uh, Michael Roosevelt, Brian Bickle, Dave Boland, uh, Nick Foligno, Taylor Hall, Andreas Athanasiu, uh, Connor Murphy, Seth Jones. Anytime. That was great. I, 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 there were some good names in there. Brian Bickle and uh, what was that? Roosevelt, was that in there? Yeah, big Hawks fans. Yeah, most of the uh, 2020, 2010 or 2013 Chicago Blackhawks, were you watching that team? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. When, uh, what is one change you would make to the NHL right now? Um, I don't know. I think it's pretty awesome. I don't really have a, a specific change. I love I love the game, love where it's at, love the uh, love the players that are in the game, and it's, yeah, it's all good to me. An honest question. Do you think that the league rigged the draft in favor of the Chicago Blackhawks? No. Pretty confident. I'm very confident. Okay. So that's GM of the Chicago Blackhawks, Kyle Davidson. Actually, he has a birthday tomorrow. He'll be 35. And there was a point where he was naming some hockey players. So at that point, it was asked, how many hockey players can you name in 20 seconds? So he gave off that impressive list, but clearly shows he knows what he's talking about. Just that the interviewer didn't realize who he was talking to. Yeah, that's, uh, I love the Always Sunny in Philadelphia theme song that's playing in the background there, too. That was good stuff. Uh, so we know with uh, NFL and, and gambling and betting and it's been a big problem well jonathan jones has tweeted out his plan but uh, hey listen how this is how we can fix he says i quote i understand rules are rules but i can risk my life so that my team wins but i can't risk 1000 or 1k on my team winning it's like what you need to do is you just you could limit bets to be only for your team's benefits doubt that happens doubt that that gets passed but i at least like his uh his ideas of trying to be creative and trying to come up with some sort of solution to where you can still bet but you just have to bet on your own team winning, being positive, and not having any sort of corruption. But that's not going to happen. So it's already been stated that the Sixers are looking to move James Harden. But also some more changes could be coming. Now, Tyrese Maxey, who's on their roster, he's not somebody that's expected to be moved. But there is news that has come out about him possibly getting an extension. And the Sixers say that they're not looking to extend Tyrese Maxey during this summer. Doesn't mean he won't be extended at some point, just meaning in their plans for now, doesn't look like Tyrese Maxey will be extended at this point with the Sixers. So we know that Pat Sajak is stepping down, and Vanna White, uh, she's wanting to hold out a little bit because she's wanting to raise. She's wanting more money. Uh, she wants to make at least half of what Pat, Pat Sajak has been making. This is all according to TMZ. Says uh, They said they're very, that she's very clear. She's the co-host of the long-running show, but the pay disparity between her and Pat needs to be squarely addressed. Uh, the way that they're introduced on Wheel of Fortune, here are the stars of the show, Pat Sajak and Vanna White. And Pat Sajak made $15 million, and she's wanting at least half of that. My thing is, is I'm like, I get it. I understand, like, her and Pat have been part of the show, but I'm just, I'm going to be curious if Sony actually goes along with it and says, oh, yeah, here's half the money. Because they may just move on to somebody else. Just knowing how these negotiations and how these things go, 
I wouldn't be surprised at all if that ended up happening. But I also see Vanna's point of view. It's like, I've been doing this forever. I've been a part of the show as much as anybody. I deserve a little bit of bump in pay, which, hey, does she deserve? Absolutely. Does she need $7.5 million to do it? Don't really know, but I guess we'll see how that plays out. Christian Pulisic, who plays for the U.S. men's national team, and they're taking part of the Gold Cup right now, he is leaving Chelsea, which is part of the, the EPL, and he's joining AC Milan in Serie A. And he's actually taking a pay cut to make sure this deal goes through. So we also have a, a weird story with Harvard women's hockey. Yeah, that's right, Harvard women's hockey. I don't understand the hazing thing. I, I really don't. I'm not trying to say that as some sort of like above reproach of everything, but it's like there's a, an investigation going on where, uh, according to the Boston Globe, Harvard is having to take steps and improve the culture because their coach, Katie Stone, uh, retired this month. But they said, and this is according to the news article, that they had made public and, and that this has been something that they've admitted to where uh, players were had to participate in hazing episodes, including forced alcohol drinking and sexually charged role-playing. Uh, they engaged as naked skate, when, in which freshman players were told to do a Superman slide on the ice with ice burns, completely naked, and also doing a lot of different sexual things I won't mention on the show because I can't. But the point is, like, why? who is doing this? Like, who is saying, you know what, this is great for team bonding. Let's do all these crazy things that are completely and totally weird and creepy and disgusting and inappropriate because that's what's going to make our team better. I still think it's so strange that it happens as often as it does. Is, is there something wrong with a little bit of hazing? I don't think so. If you're a freshman and, you know, people want to shave your head or something like that if just for fun or whatever, and as long as it's not in mean-spirited, then that's okay. Like, I get it. But this type of stuff, just too much, too weird, and it's just weird every time I see an article about it telling details of what goes on. Jaden Smith, Will and Jada Smith's son, he was speaking at a psychedelic drug uh, science conference in Denver this week, and he said that his mom, Jada, actually introduced the family to psychedelic drugs. He says that... uh, because of the psychedelic drugs, has actually helped him have a stronger relationship and bond with his siblings. But he says, I, I think my mom actually was the first one to make that step for the family. Well, uh, for some reason, Kelsey Ballerini, who we know is a, is a country artist and is uh, very famous, well, somebody threw a projectile at her during her show. I just don't understand what it's going to take to get people to stop doing this. Stop doing this stuff. It's stupid. Stop doing it. It's like, give them the electric chair if that's the case, and that's the way they're going to be. But do not understand why that continues to be a thing. Appreciate everybody listening in to Out of Bounds today. For Joe Franklin, I am John Neighbors. Same sports show, same sports channel next Monday. Stay tuned. we got Drive Time Sports coming up next. I'm off next week. Have a great July 4th, everybody. We will see you then. Our care is a system of doctors, nurses, counselors, and pharmacists dedicated to bringing you the highest quality of health care. But it's more than that. It's relational. It's human. It's thousands of people over a three-state footprint offering health care to all. From the country club to the homeless shelter, no one is turned away. Our care. So you can live your story. <laughs>